Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Latest Shiny Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Spector. With me, of course, is Rob Hirschfeld. Good morning, Rob. Hello, Stephen. Rob, I am extra energized this morning. I actually had some sort of coffee drink, and uh, I can't tell you, like, you don't usually do that, so I'm wide awake for a Monday morning. All right, we're going to talk really fast. Help those people who... Help the people who speed up the podcast. <laughs> yes, if you speed up the podcast, it will be f- super fast. Well, anyway, we have a guest that we have not spoken to. Maybe he was maybe the fifth or sixth person we had on our podcast when we started, and shame on us for not bringing him back earlier. But uh, I'm really excited. It's been a while since we've talked to Bernard Golden. Bernard, welcome to the uh, podcast. Well, uh, good morning, uh, and thank you so much for inviting me to speak with you today. So, you know, Bernard, last time we had you on, you were, you know, you did so much stuff around cloud. You were all around cloud and stuff. So it's been a while since we talked. So, you know, I guess since apparently cloud is, what was the quote you said? Someone said that cloud is dead, I guess is the quote. Uh, Edge is going to destroy cloud. going to trick or treat his cloud and scare everybody. Yeah. So there's no more cloud, apparently, Bernard. So can you tell us what that means that there's no more cloud? Well, and there's been a... There's been a sort of a perspective that there would be this move of computing to the edge, edge, edge devices, edge applications, and that that would somehow uh, reduce the importance of cloud or make it kind of a trivial kind of afterthought, uh, and you know certainly reduce its centrality. And you'll hear discuss this. They'll kind of go, well, it's always been the case within tech that there's been this, you know, centralization, decentralization kind of movement, and this is just the latest thing. I, um, you know, for what it's worth, I, I think that there's going to be lots and lots of edge compute. Um, I just think it's it's a misnomer to think of that as somehow supplanting cl- cloud computing, which is essentially sort of you know, highly scaled centralized computing resources. I think, I don't think it's going to obviate or supplant hmm. cloud. I think it will be a complement and that a surprising percentage of, of applications that run at the, uh, at out on edge devices um, will actually do a significant amount of their computing within cloud environments. And so you'll sort of have us within a particular application you might have some percentage of split like 10 or 20 percent will be done locally and then the, the the rest will be done in a central organ location where you know all the reasons you use cloud are there right it's highly scalable it's very cost effective it has economies of scale etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean to me it's it adds value i mean it's not replacing it it's it's enhancing what it does and uh you know getting pieces that really don't belong back in the centralized cloud out closer to the user. I think it makes sense and they go hand in hand, but I think that's kind of figured out now. I don't know if people still think it's replacing the cloud or is that still a, uh, people think that. Well, <laughs> there is just the headline grabbers of, of right. Who want you're, to very, that. you're very generous. Um, uh, there's still, there's still people out, you know, sort of, you know, out there sort of going, oh, you know, cloud is dead, long live the edge and uh, you know you often hear people go well you can't you know if you have a auto, self-driving car an autonomous vehicle you could have it need to go over a long latency uh, connection which is you know fair enough observation the question is what percentage of all iot application profiles will fit that kind of a model so we we you you count as a true friend of the show. So we can go back a long way in our conversations with you. 
right, of being very cloud centric and, and everything moving to the cloud and cloud first. And what, what you're describing to me sounds like it's a cloud first extension and then your edge is an ex is basically that IoT extension. Yeah, I mean, I, I think is that, that that's sort of your idea from that perspective. The, the IoT use cases are I need to have some sort of a physical presence. Um, you know, I, I'm going to interact with the environment somehow and either that's going to be a kiosk at a, you know, at a reach location or it's going to be some sort of a weather sensor or it's going to be some sort of um, highly automated machine tool and you need to have some amount of computing power there um, and that's perfect sense you're gonna you know this the sort of I've heard people go so far as to say that well these edge look there'll be sort of edge locations that will become little data data centers in their own right and to me that I don't get that at all I mean what is the purpose of having a general purpose data center or a general purpose computing capability you know out in out at the end of your block um that doesn't make any sense to me uh the sort of the specialized thing where i've got um you know sort of a quote-unquote smart application that needs to interact with the environment and for that reason needs to be executing at the at that particular, particular location that makes perfect sense but sort of the you know we're going to stick little mini centers all over the place that that seems quite wrong-headed to me I want to I want to tease that apart a bit because I think that you know your position is definitely not not mirrored by everybody else we've had on the show and in some of the conversations I've had. Are you are you making a sort of a general purpose when you say an uh, edge data center? Um, is that you know as general purpose compute? What's why is what I'm trying to define it a little bit more. I, I hate doing the what is edge definition, so let's not try to do that, but. You know, calling it a mini cloud, I think is, I, I agree with you. It's it's not, we're not going to take Amazon's infrastructure, break it into a million pieces and then run it at the, at, at, you know, at every stoplight. That's, that doesn't make sense. Is that what you're, is that what you think people are describing for Edge? I've heard some people say that. Yeah. You know, you'll have these sort of distributed data centers, you know, kind of general, general compute kind of thing. Um, you know, we, the last time we talked, and I think it might've been the last time we did a podcast, we sort of talked, there's this uh, sort of um, container hotel concept coming forward, which is, um, you know, typically like at a cell phone tower, you'd have uh, a, a compute capacity and somebody who needed to have pretty localized compute would be able to deploy a container into this sort of environment that somebody provides to run containers. And for those, for that profile of applications need relatively low latency for whatever reason. Um, I think that make that, you know, that model makes sense, but sort of a generalized every, every cell tower is going to have kind of, um, you know, kind of a little micro AWS that's because, and people will say, well, rather than using us West one, I'm going to use, cell tower, you know, 395 located at the, at the corner of Elm and Walnut. That, I don't I don't get that. If I can, if I may uh, provide an example that I thought was really instructive about this. I had an opportunity to talk to Microsoft one time, one of the people in the IoT organization. And they outlined a pretty interesting, you know, use case. They put this forward. They said, we have a customer who has a machine tool that does some kind of milling or something like that. And, you know, the nature of machine tools, they're, they're, they're physical devices. And so they have wear patterns over time, right? The blade gets, gets uh, 
dollar and so forth. And if they're not at the within the right operating margins of you know sharpness or whatever it is, you can actually have an accident, right? Which is very dis- dis- disruptive to production, but also might be dangerous, right? If there's somebody happens to be standing next to it when the when a blade breaks, and so they have this monitor, you know, that's sort of sitting there right on the machine that is, you know, of, hey, is this thing still sharp enough? Hey, is this thing still sharp enough? And, um, but the machine is also doing stuff like putting forward, you know, productivity level stuff and, you know, what's the oil temperature and so forth. And there was a split of the computing stuff. So this thing was connected to Azure and probably 90% of the information went back to the central place where, you know, there was the uh, aggregation of data, there was the com- compute about, you know, our overall productivity and so forth and so on. But they did have some amount of compute right on the machine so that if a dangerous circumstance, dangerous uh, uh, state occurred, like, you know, this blade has gotten way too dull or, you know, some, you know, sort of this thing is like way overheating, it could, you know, it had enough compute power right there that it could sort of intervene and within, you know, microseconds, basically flip a, uh, you know, a safety switch and shut the machine down. What was interesting about that was, so most of the compute was done on on um, Azure, and the amount of compute that was on the machine was like a, a BlackBerry, uh, sorry, not a BlackBerry, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, uh, you know, the little tiny a raspberry, a raspberry pie. pie. It's like a yeah, little a raspberry, raspberry pie, pie. Um, wrong fruit, a, a raspberry pie sitting on this machine. And it had enough power and could monitor and could shut it down. Well, that's a really use case um, because is it distributed computing? Is it IoT computing at the edge? Yeah, it is. But if you looked at the totality of computing, 98% of it was going on at the cloud and 2%, which was the use case was most critical for safety, went on there. And so people who sort of go, oh, yeah, we're going to have, you know, IoT data centers and, you know, everything's going to be with the cloud. I think um, that's 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 over generalizing and um you know we're gonna we're gonna see much more of this sort of where do you locate how much compute at where at where lo- which location depending on the particular use case so, so i i think you're right and this is one of the things that i i struggle with when people talk about iot iot gateways uh because the amount of compute and processing to run a model and, and running a model does not require a lot of processing, right? Our phones, the new generation of phones, actually can do very sophisticated models, run very sophisticated models for facial recognition and video recognition and, and video and audio. And there's, there's a lot of capability even in very small devices. And there's no doubt in my mind that you are you correct. If, if you're looking at a specific function and specific software, you are going to do AI analysis on that. The thing that gets interesting to me, and, and I don't feel like you're accounting for, is that's that's one device, one interaction, one app. What happens when you now have, right? And this, this to me is a Jevons paradox problem. It's a cost of running IoT problem. So if all of a sudden we get into this place where running IoT becomes much, much cheaper and adding sensors and cameras and analyzing the data from them becomes less expensive like you're describing, the need to aggregate that data across different vendors and platforms and actually create a shared infrastructure of analytics 
that is not a I embed a chip. That is that is a software problem where you need gen relatively generalized. It still might be GPU AI focused compute, but generalized compute that you can't just hardwire into the device. It, it's a it's an IoT mesh, multi vendor IoT mesh. And that that's you can't just run that to the cloud because that's low latency. It's it's sensitive to the environment. You know, it's it's aggregation of data. It's not just you know, oh, I'm process. I'm in my car processing analytics. That's never going to get offloaded. You know, I, I think pretty everybody seems to have agreed, right? There's a degree of analytics that has to be done in the car because you can't risk a network connection. But the cross, but the crosstalk between cars and analyzing the traffic is something that can't be done in the car either. It has to be done. It's time sensitive. It's a, it's very AI intensive. That that one use case, all of a sudden, now we have analytics going on that's really important. The same thing with your factory example. You you might end up with you know, a factory that has hundreds of vendors and you want to actually aggregate all that data together now. And that becomes an edge processing need. It's not something you're going to ship to a cloud and hope the speed of light is fast yeah, I mean, enough to solve I think some of these problems. You're right. And you know, the, an example that people come up with is, you know, okay, that's one machine, but what if you've got 400 of those machines? You know, you don't have to go cross vendors, just 400. And uh, I, you know, I think that's right. I think there'll be use cases for, gosh, I need to have some compute power pretty lo localized. Um, I, I just, you know, again, the thing about IoT is it, it's a, every use case is unique, right? I mean, what you need for machine tools is completely different than you need for, um, you know, planting, uh, you know, machines that are running across fields planting stuff right it's a completely different use case and so um i think it's it's important to understand that so you can go i'm going to have to come up with a specific computing strategy for my specific iot application or my specific iot environment and you know people have just generalized oh yeah that means you're going to have to have a lot of compute out of the edge and so therefore cloud's dead so i so i guess i see it I see it as the evolution between colo and cloud. What you're describing to me is the colo version of edge. And I, I believe when people make these broader assumptions, they see the cloud version of edge, if you will, where it's generalized infrastructure, it has platform capabilities, it has strong AIs. And I'm not right today. People are building edge and they're basically treating these edge data centers as little colos. And they're like, ah, oh, I need to spin up, you know, five servers and the 10, five, you know, my, my 50 top geos. Um, Steve and I were just in an event where they were talking to, uh, they had, they had somebody who was doing edge um, did game data acceleration, and they actually have to choose where they're spinning up infrastructure to oper op optimize it. And that's very colo esque. It's not, it's not very cloudy. Um, yeah, and and those sort of cell phone tower container hotels are is kind of you know kind of a variant of 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 uh, colo, and I think that makes for a class of applications that they make perfect sense. Um, I just you know I sort of look at it and go so I I mean I I actually did a blog post and I sort of you know kind of did a two by two matrix that was around lady and needing compute power and sort of tried to you know sort of bucket what proportion of use cases fit the use you know the iot use case of you know needing compute power locally and having latency issues and 
you know, my swag was, it was sort of 15%. Um, and, you know, for those 15%, you're going to need it. Um, this, you know, I just didn't go, well, that, you know, I can come up with one use case. Therefore, all use cases will be like that. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a fair, fair statement. To me, what one of the things, and this is, one of the things that's interesting is that you 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 picked a percentage, right? Twenty percent, and and I I like that you you do that, right? It's not zero, it's not a hundred, it's twenty. To me, the conversation becomes, what changes in market to make you say to make you say it's fifty? You mean what would change? Right. What's what's going to drive a change in market that says, yeah, you know, edge is specialized. I have a handful of things that are low latency. Uh, that's I, I think that's a very legitimate take on edge. What what transitions to say, all right, now now I can get. But wait a second, I've saw I saw some cost problem or I've, I've solved some, uh, you know, dev- I've got a new device. Everybody's wearing. Everybody's wearing augmented reality. And and so that creates a new opportunity. You know, I think where you're going with this is an interesting question and one I hadn't thought about as fully, and it's sort of something intriguing to consider, which is, you know, are we sort of unaware of what will happen with, um, you know, sort of localized computing requirements? And you brought up AR, so that might be an example. Um, Is it the case that, um, you know, there are things that we can't even imagine that would come computing, you know, that, that would start generating data or needing to act on the environment that we haven't even thought about because this is still being turned out. And could that, you know, could that represent a larger proportion of the overall um, use profile? And I think that's a really interesting question. Um, and uh, one that, you know, sort of thinks about it, although I'll say, I haven't seen that discussion from the people who are asserting that cloud is dead. Um, but it's, it's I agree. It's, it's very, it's very monochromatic, and it's it's typically vendors who want to sell a lot of gear on the edge. Um, I, I, that is true. I do. There, there is an element to this where I think, uh, and where I was expecting you to go actually is that with cloud being the center, right? If people are cloud first, then your enterprise data center ends up looking a lot more like an edge. Um, and your your management, to me, when I look at Edge, the management uh, of Edge is so astoundingly difficult <laughs> because you're really talking about environments where you don't have data center support and infrastructure and power and uh, people to go turn things on and off. And and you know, in the cell tower, you're actually talking about a you know uh, legislatively controlled environment, so you can't just walk into a cell tower or send a repair person there. You actually have to take specific steps um, that some of what we're talking about is not just, uh, you know, the edge sites that like you're talking about where it's an IOT gateway. It actually could look like, you know, on-premises store IT infrastructures. It could look like, you know, data centers in enterprises themselves that want to be zero touch and basically cloud adjacent from that. It, it makes perfect sense. And that's one of the reasons I've been kind of skeptical about it, which is, you know, people go, oh, yeah, you know, there'll be all this stuff out there. And it's like, do you recall why we moved to centralized data centers? It was because everybody had servers under their desk and you never knew if it was really the power was reliable and you didn't know if it was backed up and what happened if it broke and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's kind of like, 
um, you know, none of that, that does not somehow not go away if you sort of move to this much more decentralized model. And so, you know, it's important to keep that in mind. And, um, you know, and, and again, all these IoT use cases are quite unique. So it's not just, you know, moving to a centralized data center was like, I'm still going to take an x86 box. I'm just going to have it located somewhere else. The same code can run on it. It's all relatively homogenous kind of capability. These IoT things are all going to be one-offs. You know, I've got a particular chip or I've got a particular model or I've got, you know, some kind of unique thing. And so the, it tends to be much more idiosyncratic in terms of what's out there at that location. And then the, you know, the management of it isn't, isn't just like, well, I need to reboot the server. It's, you know, I need to, you know, I've got a, I've got a Raspberry Pi board that went bad or the sensor connected to the Raspberry Pi. There's some kind of, you know, thing. I mean, it, it, I think it could be significantly more complicated or more complex than people sort of recognize or assume. And of course, you know, there'll be companies coming along who will say, well, I can help you with that and come up with a, you know, an environment that's more structured or so forth. But, um, uh, it certainly isn't isn't wouldn't be as simple as as many people assume i think so yeah but the, i mean the to me when i listen to what you're describing that you've described an it nightmare to me so if you if you have distributed if you've created not just a heterogeneous environment but a highly heterogeneous environment where you have a whole bunch of one off relationships that are doing essential operations in the field I'm going to look at that problem and my head is going to explode because I don't, I don't have any way to manage it, right? This is, these are IT problems. The IoT is not, and this I think is important. IoT is not a consumer thing in these discussions. It's a commercial thing. It's right. And we're talking about sometimes there's, 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 you know, customer and consumer work, but for the most part, we're talking about enterprise IT style backends, even if it's, you know, supporting a, a, you know, a stadium of, of fans. We have to have IT management and infrastructure around that, right? I mean, the thing about cloud is you basically outsourced all your IT infrastructure management, uh, right? All those servers under the desk have, have gone away, and now people have you know a way to get a server without needing to buy a physical device. Uh, you know, we, we we've got to have. I mean, I'm I'm looking at at the edge software build out. And you can't, you know, you're, we're not going to create software very quickly if we have to assume everybody has to program a unique environment or a custom use case. We have to have these ge generic infrastructure. Or, or manage it. Or manage it. I'll give you a great, a great example of this. I, we, we had uh, a new um, air conditioner furnace installed and uh, needed to get a new thermostat for... Uh, installed and uh so the you know this they said well you've got a choice you know do you want to nest or an echo we ended up going with the echo b well this thing is like a computing device and in fact it's alexa enabled so uh, you know you can sort of talk to your thermostat and say hey raise the temperature or lower the temperature or whatever and uh you know what you can say to your thermostat um hey play this music and it'll start playing on your echo device um and you know you know it's it's i think it's really remarkable it's a you know really very cool really impressed with the echo b stuff but it's tied into this whole framework of apis and connectivity and by the way the whole thing has to talk to the actual 
air conditioner slash furnace. Um, you know, so you've got to have APIs from that somehow. Um, and then you're right, is there's a whole back end. Echo B has to be running a back end somewhere that's sort of, you know, what is this thermostat doing? What, you know, what, you know, presumably it's wired into the Alexa system. So it's, you know, it's got to have something that's listening for, you know, Echo change the change the temperature, and so there you're right. There's a whole set of quote unquote enterprisey type uh, computing infrastructure to, to deliver this consumer device. Right to a, to me, it looks like a consumer device. Hey, I tell I talk to it just you know, and it does this stuff, and I can you know, it's got a touch screen, so I can touch it. That feels like a consumer device, but be at the you know behind the curtain, yeah, it's a it's a significant enterprise scale type app that needs to be coordinated because obviously they have to account for things like well what if what if the cap theorem happens and the network gets partitioned our customers don't want to freeze so what do we do in that circumstance so yeah it's, it's you're exactly right it's it's um it is a, a fairly complex robust resilient thing that's what you need did this require a home gateway for you uh no so do you have an aggregation point inside your house that, that might be able to keep traffic local and do, you know, inter-device coordination? Uh, no. Uh, no, nothing got installed like that. It's uh, presumably all in sufficient is installed with Echobee. If I had to speculate, what I would say is um, it has connectivity to the, well, uh, it's not speculation. Obviously, it has connectivity to the uh, air conditioner furnace device. And... Um, it's got the ability to uh, do local, you know, hey, what's the temperature? Oh, I need to turn on the air conditioning to reduce the temperature. Uh, connectivity to the, uh, the, you know, the device. Um, and it's got the ability to keep that up. It, it is based on, um, you know, Wi-Fi, of course. Uh, so it goes through a Wi-Fi uh, router. And then it's also connected, again, through the Wi-Fi router back through to AWS, where you know, it has the ability to, when a vocal command gets spoken to it, to respond to that. And that sits back in the back. There's no aggregate device on-prem. Um, I suspect, I mean, you know, the computing <clears throat> requirements for that are relatively modest. So, and not very latency sensitive because if it takes, you know, 200 milliseconds for the uh, air conditioner to kick on, you know, nobody's going to wait a second. I can't live with that. So, uh, but it's a pretty interesting you know, architecture and uh, execution. You know, it's, it's... so Bernard, I have a question because I put a new heating and air conditioning system in my house a couple months ago, but I didn't get offered the chance to do an Alexa-controlled temperature thing. It must be I'm not in California, so. Um, but why would you do that in the first place? To I mean, I don't, I don't understand that. Help me understand. I mean, is it simply to talk to your? thermostat to change the temperature versus just program <laughs> I, I i'm a, i'm not pro all these alexa devices but is there benefit to it is 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 is, is what you're saying Bernard, is, are you really so lazy <laughs> i didn't say it that uh, way <laughs> and 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 in fact it's got an app so you can do it from your phone well this this so you're gonna learn a little bit more about uh situation so Many houses in the Bay Area do not have air conditioning. And it's sort of one of those things, like three or four times a year, you go, how come we don't have air conditioning? Well, anyway, we finally got around to installing it. Um, 
and also the device that we wanted to put in, the uh, air conditioner we want to put in, is also a heat pump. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but they are a way of... I, that's exactly right. what I put in. We're, right. we're in the same place. However, um, with, in California, it doesn't really make sense to run a heat pump unless you have solar, which we don't have at this point, and we'll be putting in relatively near future. So we need a mixed environment where the air conditioning would go through the air conditioning unit, but it would still use the in-place gas furnace. And that needed a more sophisticated thermostat handle dual mode. And so, you know, it was like, what are the choices there? And basically the choices are these smart um, kinds of things. So um, I didn't, I didn't wake up saying, got to have a thermostat that I can talk to because, you know, you know, is it using my finger on the, <laughs> on the uh, phone is too, too much work. It wasn't that. It's just that sort of came along with it. And, and more, I was saying that that is something they put into the device. And because they put that in, they need the ability to talk to the AWS data center, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They've got to write applications. Okay. Well, because my son would be, my son would be very happy with your decision because he wanted to know why I didn't do such a thing. And, and it's beyond his understanding, he's 13, why I would possibly want to not talk to the thermostat because, you know, any gadget of any type is always better than just the basic gadget. So I don't know. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I, I, I do. I do. Wait, Stephen, one, one second. I, I do think that one of the, the interesting pieces, the, the, the dotted line to me is, you know, voice is clearly showing up as a preferred interaction model. And I, it's not, I don't think it's that great but today, but it, it will get better. I think we're going to end up with video as being a component of that, which terrifies, terrifies me even more. But, um, and I think that from a consumer side, even actually when we talk about in-store, restaurant, stadium, hospital, the amount of data that we're going to start expecting from voice and, and vision interaction from computers is going to revolutionize how we're discussing edge today. And I, I think there's a, there's a huge element that to me is a very clear future projection, but it, we have to fix cost. Um, and I think we're we're talking around that right now, actually. Yeah, and I just I think it's an age thing for me that I just talking to the computer is a bit odd to me. But I see younger people. I, I had a I had a fascinating conversation with somebody who is in quote silver tech. Yeah. Um, and she said voice for um, the the older generation is going to be the required interface, and barks too for the dog. Generation. <laughs> All right. Well, Bernard, I, I want to thank you again for uh, joining us. It's been much too long. Shame on us for not having you on. But uh, we will try to stay in touch more often with you for these podcasts. Anyone's interested in getting in touch with you? Uh, Twitter, are you still writing articles in CIO or are you doing different places now? No, I've really gone to my own website, at bernardgolden.com. Um, and uh, I've got some stuff up there and we'll be doing more. Um, and uh, you can find me on Twitter, Bernard Golden. And um, so this has been awesome. It's been really interesting about, you know, sort of, we didn't really get, get into it, but, you know, kind of the thing is, I mean, I'm sure all of us grew up with thermostats that basically you went over and you twisted a dial. You know, that was kind of the, what, what the stuff was. And, you know, this sort of world where we're going to, you know, like this Echo B and the voice and all that kind of stuff is just reflective of, you know, the penetration of computing into what were formerly, you know, pretty um, 
limited functionality kinds of devices. That's super interesting. Um, I'd also like to say, why don't we do a, a follow-up? Because we didn't really get even to talk about cloud computing and the adoption of cloud computing and uh, you know the evolution of infrastructure, which is you know a different topic, but a super interesting topic. So maybe we could do a a follow-up that would uh, that we'd be able to extend our conversation. Yeah, we will. We will get that scheduled. All right. Well, thanks again to both of you and to our listeners. Uh, I hope you can do that, and um, we'll go. Uh, we'll go from there, and we'll talk. We'll listen to you again soon. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. It's always a pleasure, Bernard.